We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Joining us right now, Don, University of Miami Athletic Director of Blake James. And in order to get this far, a lot of work went into it, which we'll discuss here. Uh, Blake, good evening. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We, uh, we could not be any better. We're excited. We're enthusiastic. We're ready to go. Uh, nine days away from kicking off the season, 8 o'clock at Hard Rock Stadium. Congratulations for getting us this far. Can you discuss maybe uh, the work that had to be done, I guess not only at the University of Miami, within the ACC, uh, fabulous work to get us this far, to get us in a position to play football? Yeah, you know, Joe, there's a, a lot that went into it. Uh, again, I'll say dating back to uh, March when the the impacts of the pandemic first started to really be felt. And we were talking more about spring sports and what we're doing on that front. Uh, I'll say, you know, fortunately, we had the uh, the leadership in, in Dr. Frank to recognize the I guess, potential long-term impact. I don't know if anyone can really identify the exact long-term impact, but um, his experience, you know, really got us started with trying to create a plan to first get our kids back to campus. And then what's the plan to get them to competition. And the other piece of it is, and you touched on it, you have to have someone to compete against if you're going to have competition. So the ACC, I think really did a great job in identifying a group of medical experts to really create a plan for the conference to get us all back um, to where we are right now, nine days away from competition. Blake, when I when you, when you look back, and I know you haven't paused one second. I know you've been going 100 miles an hour, but if you had to pick one thing or two things right now that that you would share with all our listeners that you're proudest of about what you've learned about the university or what you've learned about the student athlete or what you've learned about your coaches and, and everybody involved in that building. Are there, are there anything, are there some things that haven't been talked about that have just, you leave the office or you're in your car and you say, my goodness, what, what a great group of people I'm working with or we're surrounded with. Yeah, you know, Don, I would say two things stick out to me. First is is the young people in our program, and whether that be football, uh, women's soccer, volleyball, uh, both men's and women's basketball, uh, to the rest of our, our programs. But I, you know, I cite those four because they've or five because they've been with us, uh, you know, really for the majority of the summer, and just their willingness to really buy in to what we've asked them to do in dealing with the pandemic, and again, whether that's Avoiding unnecessary contact, social distancing, you know, washing their hands, uh, wearing a mask. Uh, those are all things that when you look at the science side of it and all the testing we've done and their results would show that these, these kids have really bought into that message. And again, you know, credit our coaches, you know, credit Dr. Frank, uh, credit our, our, our medical group uh, for you know, putting the plan together, communicating that plan, you know, reinforcing that plan with our kids. Um, but at the end of the day, we wouldn't be where we are 
if the you know if the kids didn't really want to play and they didn't want to go out there and represent the U in you know whatever sport it is they love. So the the first thing that would stick out to me is 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 our young people. Um, the second thing would be really the great support from our you know from our leadership, and obviously that starts with with Dr. Frank, um, the executive leadership, the university, the the board of trustees. And then you know our, our medical our, our medical uh, experts. Um, those groups really recognized, I think, the importance of athletics to an institution and the challenges we were going to face, and just really stepped up, you know, to really help uh, us navigate through this type of unprecedented uh, experience. Um, that, that we're having as, as, a, as an athletic program, obviously as an institution, as, as a world. Um, but just the great support that we got, uh, you know, from campus and, and from just, again, you know, starting with Dr. Frank um, and, you know, the executive team uh, to uh, Dr. Neimer and Kovitz, who, you know, were so instrumental in, in putting together a plan. Uh, you know, there's so many others uh, that have, have been a part of it. But just, you know, just the, the clear... Uh, um, example of just how how everyone at the at the university was going to come together and, and help us, you know, in, in getting back to you know where we are today. You know, nine days away from game day. Nine days away, Miami will play Alabama, Birmingham, Hard Rock Stadium. It was announced that thirteen thousand fans will be allowed in the stadium uh, for the first couple of games. Uh, how is that going in terms of the the tickets and? Uh, so forth, who is eligible, and and uh, how is that situation being handled? Well, again, as, as you both know, 13,000 is a, a significantly uh, smaller capacity than what we're used to. Um, and so we had to look at how are we going to meet the, the best, meet, best meet the needs of, of our, of our uh, you know, fan base and whether those fans be um, family members of the, of the student-athletes uh, to, you know, sponsors, to uh, season ticket holders. And, you know, it's really putting a, a system in place that would uh, allow each one of those areas to have access to a, a portion of the tickets. Um, you know, right now we're working through the, the season ticket process, and uh, today was, uh, you know, day two of that process, and we'll continue on. Uh, and then we'll open up tickets to the, to the general public if, if there's something left. But, um, again, I'm, I'm anticipating... Uh, it'll be, I guess I'll say a, a full house, recognizing it's going to be a, a socially distanced full house, I'm, I'm sure. Um, but uh, that, that's what a full house will be like this year. And again, it's one of those years where uh, the guys have just learned that people spread out all over the stadium is, is, the, uh, is the capacity crowd that we're going to be able to have. And I know there's going to be a lot of people that are excited to see those guys run out from the smoke there on, on Thursday night and, and uh, take on uh, UAB. Blake, can you clarify the the extra year of eligibility that the NCAA has, has stated is going to happen? Is it the do-over, I guess, is is a is a better way to describe it for the for the existing seniors or the existing players and how that's going to work? I think the easiest way to explain it, Don, is you know you have you have four years to compete, and, and generally that's in a five-year window. Uh, you know to not overcomplicate this with medicals and whatnot. So generally speaking, you have, you have four years of competition in a five-year window, which, you know, you have that redshirt opportunity for, uh, for kids uh, that don't compete in, you know, their, their first four years. Um, what the NCAA has said in this case, you know, really is you have 
six years uh, to compete in, in four, and this one doesn't count. So whether they, they redshirt this year or they compete this year, whatever they do, it doesn't count towards that clock, and they'll, they'll have that year back next year. And so, uh, you know, you look at someone like um, uh, D.R. King, and, you know, D.R. came in as uh, having one year of competition left. This year won't count. And so after this year, he'll have one year of competition uh, still left on his clock if that's something he chooses to do. Uh, for our, our freshmen that come in, if, if they redshirt this year, they'll still have a red shirt in four more years. So they'll still have five years ahead of them. And so, again, what it really was was, was a pause button. And, and you know, my, my opinion just was the right thing to do. I mean, this is going to be a year unlike anyone can imagine. We, we don't know where it's, uh, where, where it's going to go right now. We're hoping to uh, uh, be out there next Thursday competing, and that's the plan, as is the plan for 10 more games after that one. And, you know, that's our hope is we get a, 11 games in, but I can't sit here today and look in the future and guarantee we're going to play 11 games. Uh, it's just something we don't know. And the thing I do know is the, the experience this year isn't going to be the one that any, any of these kids signed up for. And, and that's where I think, you know, really the NCAA uh, recognized that and, and said, all right, let's, let's have flexibility here. Let's give everyone this year back. If someone wants to sit out because of a medical reason, they have that option and they can sit out but let's not have someone sit out because it's a shortened season or um, they're concerned about something else. Let's have it be a legitimate uh, health concern that they have. And, and again, whether that's they have uh, family members that, that they don't want to risk that, that situation with, whether it's their, their own personal situation uh, or, you know, just what, whatever that is, they have that ability to sit out. Um, yet at the same time, those that want to go ahead and compete this year, it's a year that they can go out and compete and it doesn't count against their clock. And they'll be able to continue on and uh, uh, have that year back and, and go and compete again if that's, if that's what they choose to do. Blake, you're going to have a, an all-ACC schedule for the most part uh, this year. Uh, how'd that all come about? It seems like there was uh, uh, great cooperation inside the conference also, not only with the scheduling, but uh, to move football and fall sports forward. Yeah, um, you know, we, we threw a number of different models, you know, out there to, to look at from a scheduling perspective, you know, from, from conference-only schedules uh, to, you know, again, the, the original eight, eight, you know, eight conference games and, and four non-conference games. We looked at eight conference games and, and two uh, non-conference games. It, I've learned gets to be very complicated because of the number of weeks it takes when you have, the, you know, the odd number of teams and uh, you know, so a, a number of, of, of different scenarios that we looked at, um, and so trying to get the 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 best experience, uh, you know, with the, the most games possible, because obviously the kids, you know, want they want to have the opportunity to, to have the, the lights on and play on game day, um, you know. Well, at the same time, being realistic, and so again, when you look at our schedule, you know, we play three on, have an off week, play three on, have an off week, play five on, in theory, have an off week. Um, and so there's, there's a number of windows in there that if need be, we can move games around and, and play, you know, populate those other windows. And, and you've already seen that in the league, uh, you know, North Carolina state was supposed to open at Virginia tech on September 12th, um, you know, due to some challenges that North Carolina state's facing, we moved that game uh, to September 26th as a conference. And so, uh, you know, again, it was, it was looking at all sorts of different variables. Um, again, we talked about 13,000 fans being in the stands. 
Um, and, and that's a, a significant revenue hit. Well, another big revenue opportunity for us, I think everyone you know knows, is, is TV. And so, you know, how do we how do we maximize the the TV revenue? And and we decided as as a group, um, you know, due to a, a variety of reasons. I think at the at the time, looking at some some rivalries were in place, looking at some games that were contracted. Um, what were the contractual obligations of those games? Um, you know, we felt it, it was best as long as those schools would meet uh, the ACC medical standards, um, that we would go with 10 conference and, and one non-conference game. And, and so, again, that's what we decided was the best fit for us. That's what we've gone forward with. And, uh, again, that's why we're looking forward to welcoming UAB to Hard Rock Stadium uh, nine days from today. And really the unknown to date, Blake, is the fact that nobody's gone on the road yet. We don't, you don't even know the effects of how that's going to be when teams start having away games. Oh, no, exactly. And, and, you know, that's and that's one thing that, you know, I think, you know, we're talking about football and I think it's it's probably you guys have traveled with football. It's probably a little bit easier to keep them in a in a, a quasi bubble uh, with football, because, as you know, you go from the bus to the tarmac, to the plane, to the to the bus, to the to the hotel, to the bus, to the stadium, back to the bus, to the to the plane. And there's not a lot of, of going out and about and interacting and all those things. And uh, the little bit that we've had in the past will be cut off this year just to, to try to keep that bubble. Uh, but, you know, there's other teams. And, you know, how do we figure that out with, you know, with women's soccer and volleyball, two, you know, two teams t- traditionally that haven't flown charter everywhere. And, you know, are, are we, how are we going to get them from point A to point B in, in the safest uh, way possible? And so, again, just – Playing through all sorts of different scenarios. Uh, again, I think the the, the conference uh, medical advisory group, uh, you know, has has been great. Um, you know, our, our our medical people have have been great. Our, our coaches have really bought into it. And uh, again, are we going to have some positive cases throughout the year? I'm guessing we will. I hope we won't. But uh, I think we have to to learn to live within the pandemic. We've you know we've had some positive cases you know, during the summer, and I think we've we've showed we can. Uh, really learn to to live within that, given the structure uh, and really the protocols that our, our U Health experts have, have put in place for us to be able to follow. And so uh, that's the approach that we'll continue to take. And you know, again, you, you think we started testing on, on June 10th, so we're uh, you know almost three months into it. If we can go three more months with the same results we've had, uh, we'll get a football season in, and I'm excited about that. Yeah, we know you got to go um, real fast. You can make this a quick answer because I know you got to run. Do uh, you feel good about uh, other fall sports, volleyball, and soccer? Yeah, no, no. Again, like, you know, like I said, I mean, again, our our plan is is for for all of them to be able to compete. Again, is it the experience that they signed up for? No, it's going to be a little bit different. Their schedule's been modified again in in you know volleyball and and, and women's soccer. You look at most of most of our competition. Um, in, you know, especially in, in the, in the you know, immediate area, uh, isn't playing those sports in the fall. And so uh, we've got some conference you know, games set up. Uh, you know, I know we're looking at some non-conference games against conference opponents. Um, and, again, they're looking at the spring. You know, the NCAA has uh, aspirationally said they're going to try to uh, host the fall championships that they canceled this fall in the spring. I think that's going to be a real challenge. And, uh, you know, I want to promise that to our, our young people. But if that opportunity is there, uh, you know, we're going to be committed to, the, to getting them back out in the spring and have that opportunity to compete for that. So we'll take everything as it goes. Like I, I said to, you know, our coaches, uh, this is going to be a, a, a walk uh, through the year. We're not going to get to the point of running uh, just because this pandemic is going to be here. So we're going to have to take it step by step, day by day. And, and that's what we've done to this point. And like I said, we're, 
we're almost three months in and, and you know, so far it's, uh, it's gone as, as well as I could hope for. Uh, not to say that it, it's gone perfect, but as well as I could hope for. And if the next, I guess I'll say I hope the next three months uh, go as well uh, from a health perspective. And if, if that's the case, then uh, we're going to be able to see a, a lot of competition with our Miami Hurricanes this fall. Okay, well, uh, Don, I had a chance to experience uh, firsthand some of your protocols on campus, and I think all we can say is world-class and first-class. Just unbelievable uh, what you've been able to do on campus in terms of uh, the things that are necessary to be done, and you're to be saluted for that. Uh, thanks so much for being with us tonight. It's great to have you on the show as we begin another season of Hurricane Hotlines, hopefully going all the way to Memorial Day. Hey, we'll look forward to seeing you guys on at the stadium next uh uh, Thursday, Joe, I, I know you want to get in there early to start your quarantine, so just let me know when you're going to be there, and we'll make sure we get the food delivered and everything. <laughs> yes, I want to go inside the booth, and I'm going to sit there. Keep an eye my, on him, Blake. My, my own bubble. <laughs> I'm a little nervous. So keep an eye on him. <laughs> there we go. We'll see you guys Thursday. Stay healthy. Take care. All right. Thank you. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.